Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Al-Basha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough. I am worthy. I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Empower to Grow podcast. This is your host, Hanan Abesha. And today I have a very empowering lady who we happen to cross paths on so many levels, but we had our intersection point. Shahira Hamida is the founder of Noor, and it is a very enticing project that I'll let her talk about a bit later. But um, one of the people that really felt that I felt that we resonated on so many levels and we were talking the same language from the first conversation. Hi, Shahira. Hi, hi, Hanan. Thank you so much for having me. Um, totally agree. We we did align in our first conversation on money topics. Yeah. Um, and here we are. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. So, Shahira, I always start with this question. Empowered to grow. How does this phrase resonate with you? Yeah. Um, and on many levels, to be honest. Um, and I think uh, to to make it as relevant as possible in regards to this topic, I think empowered to grow is something that started resonating with me very early on, even in the corporate world, mm-hmm. um, and even more so now in the entrepreneurial as an entrepreneur. Um, but in the corporate world in general, um, I one of my first experiences, I noticed that people didn't really help you empower or empower you to grow specifically when it came around uh, women and working with women, which was quite shocking to me as a young lady when I graduated and you know joined the corporate world. And um, it was difficult for me to understand why we wouldn't empower each other to grow and align ourselves uh, you know, within that mentality to be there the same way men are with each other in the corporate world. Um, and then uh, eventually when I became an entrepreneur as well to build Noor, um, that resonated a lot with me and I wouldn't be where I am today had I not had people like yourself uh, or FI or the VCs that we work with or the angels who empower me to grow and keep me on track. I love that. Um, so yeah, one of the things that how we met was uh, Shahira is a graduate of the Founder Institute program and uh, this is something I'm involved in. And of course, as soon as I find that there's a woman graduating from the program, I'm all there. <laughs> I want to be as supportive as possible. Shahira, so now, as you're saying, you're not only empowered to grow, but you're also empowering others to grow. So tell us a bit more about your story and, of course, about Noor, please. Yes, of course. So Noor started um, a few years ago, uh, registered the company in 2020, which essentially was not the best time to register a company. It's when COVID hit uh, and I had quit my job a few months before that. I had started my meditation journey myself a few years before that um, out on a trip to Bali, actually, but I'll, I'll avoid the cheesiness of the story on that angle. And, no, no, please share um, the cheesiness. The, the people like cheese. <laughs> The eat, pray, love side of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I went on a trip there. Essentially, I I wasn't in the best place uh, in my life, and um, I was 
feeling some heaviness and some pain. And so I, when I went there, I wanted to try anything and everything. And I had some friends who were living there, uh, quote unquote locals, although they were Moroccans and who took me to everything, yoga, meditation, workshops, uh, core energetics, I mean, you name it. And I tried everything and I fell in love with personal development in general. I continued to practice when I came back to London, which is where I was based at the time and continued using uh, meditation. And I used Headspace at the time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with it and most of your yes. followers must be. Um, and I realized, you know, that the power of self-healing practices and the, the shift in perspective that I got, uh, you know, in the consistent meditation practice that I was doing. And I started really thinking about it. And I realized that no one really teaches us how to self-heal, um, not from a young age, not from an academic level and not from a cultural level yeah. um, in your home growing up. And I discovered, you know, we only actually learn how to regulate our emotions until we're 21. So we have all these stages of life that we're going and we barely know how to regulate our emotions or to regulate or to self-heal in general. Um, and so I thought that there was, this was a real gap. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up, I was born and raised in Morocco. I'm half Egyptian, half Moroccan. My dad is from Skandaria and my mom is from Tangier. Um, one of my siblings suffered a lot when we were growing up with mental health issues. And we got to experience firsthand and secondhand within our family, the lack and the scarcity of mental health services in general. Mm -hmm. uh, this was obviously in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. Um, uh, and of course, the taboos and the stigmas that lay around it, you know, the lack of understanding how That's to behave true. around such, such, such topics and, and what to do with it. And so um, I, I grew up or I built a real compassion and interest in mental health in general. So when I started meditate, my, my own meditation practice, I noticed a proper shift and I started diving into it a little bit further. And then um, one day I was just having a, a conversation with my dad. He was really stressed with work over the phone. And I said, why don't you try meditation? And he got really frustrated and said, what is meditation? Like, <laughs> what, have you, what happened since you came back from Bali? Like, are you a Buddhist now? And I'm like, no. <laughs> so that's when I really realized, and, and you know, bless my dad. He's, he's you know, very open, obviously, to, to, to cultures and internationally. So, but but that's when I realized the extent of the stigmas that are around or stereotypes that are attached to meditation in general. Yes. It's Buddhism, it's this, it's yoga, it's some salutations. Whereas you know, you know, in a temple to be meditating, you can't just meditate exactly, at all. Exactly. And, and you're not really thinking of anything when you're meditating. So that's when I realized that people don't understand that it's actually a self-healing practice, right? And, and it's it's just a practice. You're training your brain to be better on a daily basis. And it could be completely secular and it can also be very spiritual. It really depends on where you stand and what you want to do with it. Um, and so I said, you know, you don't really need to go anywhere to learn how to do it because, you know, probably in Tangier, you won't find any meditation centers. You can do it in the safety of your own home and learn how to do it in the privacy of your home. It's very simple. It's hard, but it's simple practice to learn. Um, and I said, I've used Headspace for a few months when I when I came back from my trip. I'm pretty sure something similar exists in Arabic. Let me look for it and I'll send it to you in a couple of days. And that's where I really started. I, I dived into the research and I found absolutely nothing. This yeah. is right before COVID hit, um, end of 2019. I was very surprised to find that there was nothing, not even a landing page that says, you know, you suffer from PTSD. These are the symptoms of PTSD. This is who you should speak to. Um, if you get a panic attack, this is what you should do. If you're depressed, this is what, these are the symptoms of depression. So yeah. I was I was quite shocked to, to find that there was absolutely nothing given the socioeconomic instability that's happened over you know decades in the region yes um and so that's when it started you know kind of just twisting in my head over and over 
um, for days and weeks and I decided to quit my job and build a meditation app. I thought someone had to to, to do it and get on with it yeah. and, and offer an easy tool. And it kind of made sense, you know, within uh, the progress of my life and, and where I had reached to actually, you know, do this mission. I love that. And you are officially the only Arabic meditation app in the MENA region at this point in time. Uh, not exactly, actually. Since COVID, a couple of other competitors have popped up. Um, there's uh, a couple of ones, one based out of, based out of Palestine, another one based out of Saudi, um, we're, we're, with some main differentiating aspects, of course. What Noor essentially does is that it serves content in various Arabic dialects to make mm -hmm. it much more personal and deeper experience within your practice. So we do, we've tested Egyptian, Fusha, um, Lebanese to serve the Levant region. Uh, region, sorry, in general. So that is one of our main differentiating aspects. We also serve content that is culturally relevant. We understand that the Arab world is already spiritual. It has its own spiritual practice. Yes. We don't want to overstep, but we also don't want to shy away from it because it's so present in, yes. in our lives. Yes. Um, so the idea is to sit along the already spiritual practice that exists as opposed to reinvent the wheel yeah, exactly. and come up with something new and, and for it to be too threatening or too Buddhist or too Western. Yeah. Um, so a good example is during Ramadan, we release Ramadan packages that combine some breathing practices, but some Ramadan practices. But most of our content in general is quite secular. I wouldn't call it religious. It's just cultural, right? For Eid, we bring something out for Eid. Or, um, you know, we have poetry that is passive listening content in the app that is poetry from Khalil Gibran or from Rumi. And uh, we have little life coaching boosts. So that is what we call, that's why we call ourselves culturally relevant. It's relevant to the Arab user and the daily struggles that come with it. I love it. I love it. And I remember that's why, like when I, when I was looking at, um, I think it was just a, a one, one slide presentation about Nora and I'm like, yep, yep. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I want to support this one <laughs> because I know my own journey as well with, um, discovering meditation and breathing and, and affirmations and, you know, kind of having that routine that is part of my self-development um, that only started like five years ago. And I remember that like, literally it's a 180 degree shift in, in who I am and, you know, what I stand for and everything. And it has been wonders for me. And I wish more people like, you know, that's the first thing, like, even when, if I'm doing a master class, my first slide is let's breathe. And everyone, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We, we do breathing first and then we talk. And then cause that, that now I take you from wherever you are and let's come into this world together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, centered. So from this perspective, what advice would you, and from where you stand today, what advice would you go back and impart on your 19-year-old self? Mm. Wow. Um, that's a good question. On my 19-year-old self, where was I when I was 19? I was in college. <laughs> um, it was funny because when I was in college, I was hesitating whether to go into psychology or whether I go into global communications, which is media analysis and anthropology and sociology, which is what I ended up doing. Um, looking back now, I should have probably dived into the psychology. <laughs> psychology the, part. That, that would be that supportive. <laughs> but um, if I would look back at my 19-year-old, I would say breathe. Don't stress. Um, your roots is already drawn and every, you are exactly where you need to be. 
and everything you're doing will lead you to where you want to be down the line. So I think um, when you're a college student, there are a lot of stresses that people don't talk about. Um, exams and this and that and careers and, you know, finances and where am I going to go and where my life's heading. That weighs quite heavily, I think, on teenage students in high school, but as well as, um, you know, undergrads. Yeah. And I think I underestimated the level of stress that I was going under. And it is one of the most beautiful years of your life, uh, your youth, and to take advantage of it and live every moment and just enjoy it, really. Just enjoy it. Don't yeah. don't overstress. Don't overthink. Don't look too far out. Just live the present moment and focus on what you're doing step by step. Exactly. And and the, the additional part I put in as well is give yourself permission to know and to trust that it's okay to shift paths a few years down the line because Absolutely. that's not what we're conditioned to do. And I remember Absolutely. that was one of the most horrific decisions I had to make at university. I was like, oh my God, you know, is this what I'm stuck with for the rest of my life? And yeah. I've shifted three or four times in my career so far. Yes. Yeah, and, and people don't speak about this a lot, right? It, it really almost feels like the, the career decisions that you're making or the the, the major that you're, you're deciding for college is going to be for the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, I, I when I quit my job, my corporate job at CNN International, I had no background in mind, mindfulness and meditation and I had no background as a tech founder. Um, and I dived into it and, and here we are today. And it's not easy, but you can switch, you know, it's true. Nothing is nothing is uh, is forever. That's true. OK, the other end of the spectrum, then your 90 year old self, nine zero. <laughs> what would you like her to thank you for today? If she were to send you a message through a time capsule, have I? Am I sending a message to time capsule for everything that I've lived up to ninety, or just me up until my age today? It's your choice. I have no limitations. <laughs> I would. I would say I would thank myself for investing um, in long-lasting relationships that make me happy. So friends and family, essentially. Um, and really taking the time to, well, spend time with them and invest in relationships that feed you and empower you and bring out the best version of yourself. And I feel like that is something that I started doing ever since I was a kid, really, or, or a young teenager. And I still do that today. And I'm very thankful to and grateful to have friends and family that I have today. I think that is the most essential thing that anybody can want really in life. Yeah. That's amazing. So your investments in your tribe then is, yeah. is, is what you're thinking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. I love that. Okay. My last question. You're on a stage and you are talking to tens of thousands of women. And the topic is about being empowered to grow. What would be that last message you leave them with? Um, the last message I would leave them with is probably a quote um, from Rumi. Was it a quote from Rumi? I'm not really sure who it's from actually, but it's um, empower others to grow. Hold on, actually, let me pull it out. Would you mind if I pull it out? No, no, no. So that I'm not, not just chatting <laughs> random things to you. Um, here we go. Ooh. 
couldn't find it. But okay. essentially, the essence of it. <laughs> the essence of it is to empower others on the service of others. So you do work on the service of others, not on the back of other people. That is the essence of it. So, and obviously this comes back to social impact work in general, right? So you you work to service others. That empowers you, it makes you happy. And you're helping other people as yeah. opposed to working and you know on, on the backs of other people, if that makes any sense. It makes a lot of sense. Much less articulate than the quote <laughs> that I had found. It's okay. That's you, that's, it. that's the whole point. You you get to translate it in your own way. <laughs> well, Shayer, thank you so much. This has been enlightening and thank you for sharing your energy with us today. Where thank can you. our viewers and listeners find you in virtual space? They can find <laughs> find Sorry? you and find you and more. They can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Shayira Hameda, S H A H I R A, and Noor Meditation. You can find on Instagram, on Facebook, and on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, and, it, and it's N U R, by the way, just so N U R N U R Meditation. Good point. Yeah. Yes. Okay, okay, Shayira, thank you once again. Thank you so much. This has thank been you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure, always. Support in <laughs> any way possible. Get the message across to as many people as possible, inshallah. <laughs> inshallah. Well, um, this is it actually for today's episode. I just hope that you take the time out. It's literally a time out to take care of you. If you are feeling any of the symptoms that you feel like you could feel better, then take some time to investigate a lot of different meditations and a lot of different paths to your enlightenment and your empowerment you have the choice so as always i wish you love abundance and prosperity and i'm gonna see you next time bye for now thank you for listening to the empowered to grow podcast for further engagement with a tribe of empowered women join my facebook group empowered to grow or visit my website www.hananelbasha.com i'll catch you on the next episode and until then know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.